Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Take Two. As you can see, I've got Jordan with me tonight. Thank you, Jordan, for being here. Morning. I uh, hope everyone is doing well out there. You guys are staying healthy and safe. I do want to throw a reminder out that Friday, June 11th at 7 p.m., we are going to be having a Zoom call with everybody who's a part of the Genesis community who can be on there. Uh, I want to share just some things with you guys about when we're going to start meeting up, which is the 20th of June. We are opening up quite a bit more. And to also introduce to you uh, some of the leadership and what people are doing, uh, have an opportunity to share with you financially what's been happening since the beginning of the year to the current date um, and some of the vision we have for our works building and other things that we are just even uh, brainstorming about even just before we came on now Jordan and I are talking about just ideas and there's so many ideas right so many things we can go so many directions it's just really kind of exciting to know that so many things so many opportunities and so we hope you guys will join us June 11th 7 p.m. on zoom we will have the uh, link that will take you there on all of our social media and we'll probably make some phone calls and text it to you as well to try and get you guys to um, join in on that. And Gil says, nice haircut, Jordan. So. Oh, yeah, I got a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gil. And hello, Gil. And we do want to uh, let you guys know as well, if you have any questions throughout our time this evening, you can uh, write them in. And we will address them. It looks like Jason's coming here too. Uh, Jason had a couple questions last week and thoughts. So we want to welcome that. And with that being said, um, as things are opening up more, uh, we do want to invite you to come down here on a Wednesday night as well. Uh, we can seat people uh, spaciously. Is that the right way to say it? We can space you. Good. Yeah, sounded good. Uh, we can seat you spaciously again. Uh, we'll, we're a small enough group where we can address these things. If everybody has been vaccinated, we can address those things. Hey, Jason. Um, but we want to see your faces again, and we want to hear your voices again. Um, that's what this is about. And so we want to make opportunity for that to happen, and we're planning to do more things to make that happen. But tonight, this is happening. We're here, and we're talking about what I shared on Sunday. And if you weren't here on Sunday, I hope you still get something out of it. Just a real brief uh, overview. I've been talking about how our lives are transformed, and we've been looking at ways that transformation takes place. We've talked about uh, the Kairos moment, which is here on the detect, where you're aware of something, and then we lean into that, which is the digging part of it, where we're trying to find out what it is trying to tell us. And now we're in this discerning. We're discerning what it is we have gotten information uh, on and trying to find out maybe the lies we've been telling ourselves, uh, why these things are showing up in our lives. If we are seeing things in a, a skewed way and we need to realign our, our vision to maybe a truth. And so in that vein, I've talked about the idea of security, discerning dis security, the, the belonging and significance. And these are some things that we all crave. I think we all desire. Um, and last week I talked about significance. 
And the idea of significance, I, I think it's a pretty powerful one because I think it's something that we all desire. Um, but I want to throw this out to you so I don't keep rambling, Jordan. Maybe uh, give me your kind of 30,000 foot view of the idea of significance and maybe um, some of the thoughts you had on that. Okay. Um, I think one, number one, um, I think even in this conversation, because this series with this uh, triangle and the grace truth matrix and all mm -hmm. this stuff has been going on for a while, um, I think it it's worth it to acknowledge that I think the way we're going about talking about certain ideas and the perspectives that you're bringing in a lot of your talks um, in this series are non-traditional. They are novel ideas for most people. Hmm. And um, I think that is, it's good to not necessarily challenge people with new ideas, but to bring different perspectives and say, I know you think this, but have you looked at it this way? Mm -hmm. um, and in that idea of significance, I think sometimes um, when I talk uh, and I use words that are commonly thought as one thing, but I'm trying to bring a new idea, it can get confusing. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, when you were talking about significance in, in the sermon, I, I thought it was really interesting. I never equated the words uh, significant and worthy hmm. together. And when I now that you brought it up in the in the talk, and I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, I could see that, but um, like to be significant is to be worthy of. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I remember you saying. Um, that idea, I think, is a radically different idea than how we normally look at significant, mm -hmm. because to me, significant is more like uh, noticeable. Okay. And I think a lot of times we can confuse certain things for other things. We can confuse the, um, like, uh, all the glitters isn't gold. There was a time in the United States called the Gilded Age, mm -hmm. and the idea was we wanted everything to look like it was solid gold, but we really just, like, pressed on a little thin layer on top of gold, and underneath it wasn't that good. Mm -hmm. Um but when you're looking at both the solid gold and the gilded object that looks gold, they both look gold. Right. And so trying to separate those out and say like, oh, when we're talking about significant, uh, what do we mean? And, and what are we trying to get at today? And I, I thought that the, um, the idea of, of thinking that you're worthy uh, is really important. I think there's, there's a lot of stuff today that is challenging for individuals to go through like feeling that you are enough i think that's another way of saying i'm worthy yeah. um a feeling that uh you don't need to go prove yourself i think that's another way of feeling worthy and it they they're different ways i think of saying the same thing like saying mm -hmm. i am not enough is the same what same thing as saying i need to do more mm. because yeah. they both have the same result yeah yeah, I, I think it's good to have that kind of nuance because there are so many things that I was thinking Sunday and sharing that I find myself on both sides kind of, well, you know, you're not significant by what you do, but what you do can be significant, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so it, it almost seems like, well, then doesn't it matter? It's like, well, of course it matters, but then it goes back down to, is this what 
makes you who you are, the things you do. And in some ways it is, but then it gets to the motive and do I have to do it to become who I am or do I do it because of who I am, right? The, those little changes can make all the difference in the world. The illustration I used is I've been going through the temptation of, of Jesus uh, when the devil tempted him and took him to a place and he saw all the kingdoms of the world and he says, all these I will give to you if you will bow down and worship me, mm -hmm. right? And the temptation there, um, we see kind of insight to it in Jesus's response when he says, uh, you shall worship the Lord your God alone and him will you serve. The whole idea of that is my life isn't going to be about the getting the kingdoms, even though that's my purpose. The way you're wanting me to go about doing it is not how I am supposed to do it. And I will not find my value significance in doing this that way, but it's still to do it. Right. It's still the Messiah's job, if you will. What's your job? I'm the Messiah. Right. What's your job? Messiah? I'm to enter. I'm to usher in the new kingdom. OK, so what the story is telling us is the devil is telling him, here's the end game. I'll give it to you now. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not the point. Right. The point is actually how I get to there, not just getting there. And that's where the value of what he does becomes the significance of who he is that's bigger than the goal. Yeah. Hit me with okay. something. I'm trying to practice this thing called listening <laughs> where I don't formulate a response until I know the person is done. <laughs> it's very difficult for me. <laughs> But I'm trying. I'm not alone um, there. <laughs> uh, but um, I think uh, the, the the part that that you were talking about, where um, deriving significant from significance from action, mm -hmm. or kind of like achievements. I am my achievements. I am what I do. Uh, I heard this really interesting thing from a friend of mine a long time ago, where we were talking about how do you know something. And he had this idea that you literally don't know something or you can't know you know something until you've proven it, until you've acted it out. Mm. You can't say you know math until you've done math. You can't say you know how to fix a car until the car's fixed. Um, mm -hmm. And so there, there can be some amount of action involved in significance. But then I think uh, most ideas that I spend a lot of time like wrestling with in my head and trying to come up with something that makes sense to me. Uh, as I get more into it, I, I usually start realizing that it's not black and white. There's not this one neat straight path to where I'm trying to get to go. It, it's normally a combination of different things. And even within the combination of different things, in order to get where I'm trying to go, I have to look at each thing a certain way. And there are ways to look at each thing incorrectly that will not get me where I'm trying to go. So like if you think about it like um, like those audio panels that have like uh, microphone, drums, voices, all the things you mm -hmm. can like slide up the volume each one and down, 
you have to pay attention to all of them and they all have to be slid to the right place for it to sound good. And just because you know that all of them are there, if they're slid to the wrong place, not good. Um, yeah. And it's about understanding it's not just the main volume that covers all of them. And you can only right. do that. Sometimes you have to do little tweaks and adjustments and you have to pay attention to all of the stuff. Um, and, and there's times where it can seem like different sliders are conflicting, but... Um, I think the the beauty in, in trying to talk about this and think about this is, is working that out mm. where um, you said something a few sermons ago, um, you said you act out what you believe. Mm. And it's like, well, are my actions my significance or do I have to act in order to have significance or are my actions a product of my significance? Mm. And it can, it can seem very chicken and egg if you don't uh, get too deep into it. But I think it's not about trying to combine all the things. It's about, okay, if I think about it this way, how does it make sense to me? If I think about it this way, how does it make sense to me? If I think about it this way, how does it make sense to me? And everybody can do that. It seems really complicated, but like Sam, for instance, Sam is a father, and Sam is a pastor, and Sam is a dog trainer. And Sam can go about stuff as a dog trainer, and he can disengage from that and go about stuff as a father, and he can disengage from that and go about stuff as a pastor. And it's important for him to do that and dial the different things correctly in each area um, and not lump them all together and be a uh, pastor, father, dog trainer all the time. Because <laughs> that's, it's like when you lump it all together, it can get confusing. It sometimes makes sense Tell to my kids. bring it Sit. out. <laughs> <laughs> Speak. <laughs> Bringing it down to back to the, the, the talk, right? I mean, because that nuance is so important because we are looking in the temptation of jesus it's how he's going to get there mm -hmm. right and you know one of the things that as i was putting this together that was kind of a light bulb moment for me was what does it mean to bow down and worship the devil right because in my mind you know it's again black mass pentagram goat head you know it's the whole things that I've seen in movies kind of thing. And it's like, no, that didn't even exist at this time. That, that wasn't even in the, the sphere. And so it had nothing to do with that kind of a thing. It was really about how he was going to live out his life. Was it going to be to take these things by force and by power? Or was it going to be by the cross? And I compared that to when Peter said to him, Lord, you're never going to go to the cross. And he says, get behind me, Satan. Right? He almost says the same thing to Peter that he says at the end of this one, get away, Satan. He says that to Peter in his statement because it's really the same temptation. Mm -hmm. right? Don't go to the cross. Do this another way. You can bypass that. You just need to you know, get all these people on your side. You can make this happen. That was kind of a continuing temptation throughout the Gospels is they want to make him king. Uh, you know, he, he has to, you know, help them see that whoever's going to be the greatest needs to be the servant. That's a theme that is happening throughout the Gospel, throughout the New Testament. And that's what I think the whole book of Revelation is about, is the idea of the kingdom of God does not look like the kingdoms at uh, that time Rome. And it was powerful and a dragon and all these 
you know, crazy illustrations to present the imagination with these powerful things. And then here is a lamb that's slain, right? And so I think seeing that nuance that you were talking about, you know, there's different ways you can look at this that, okay, this way now lines up. And what does it line up to? It's lining up to the character, I believe, if I can call that, of God. You know, that's a strange thing. God has a character because already I've limited God to an understanding. But there's something about how Jesus did this that is a revelation of what God is like. That's what I believe is this is kind of alluding to. God is not going to act the way everyone in the world who's been taking authority and ruling acts. He's going to do it different. And his significance isn't how he isn't getting there. It is how he gets there because of who he is, not just what he does. Yeah. I think that to me that that <clears throat> like uh this whole thing of you act out what you believe mm-hmm. is like to me like super relevant here. And in terms of like all the different little switches and the nuances and stuff, I think that everything that existed is a product of God's creation. Mm-hmm. Even the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that, I think there's a way to view things that is more godly or more kingdom. Everything. Mm-hmm. The abuse you're suffering, the depression you have, the job you don't like, um, th- like the shoes that don't fit, like everything. There's a way to kind of like adjust the microscope and make it clear. Um, or like, you know, s- switch the knobs to make the music sound good. And I think sometimes... Um, in going to the uh, the telescope thing where, like, maybe you have these these binoculars and you can, like, adjust the dial to make it, like, clear or more f- or fuzzy. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, a, there's a point that you can adjust it to to what you're looking at is clear. And if you don't adjust it to that point, I think you have a risk of misunderstanding what you're seeing and dealing with it differently because you're not seeing it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And to, to talk about um, acting out what you believe, if your beliefs are based on a perspective that's fuzzy, like you don't have the right glasses Mm -hmm. on, you may act out wrong things. And you may not even have a bad belief, but it's about dialing it in and making sure that belief is applied to reality. It's applied to what's actually in front of you, not what your mind is creating for you, not the story that this person is telling you that's false, um, not the news. um, The like trying to have reality and then have like a kingdom perspective on what's happening with reality. And I think those two together is like kind of the way mm-hmm. in my mind where if you don't have a, a accurate picture of reality, it doesn't matter how good your glasses are, you're, you're, look, you're not looking at reality. Mm-hmm. And if you have real reality, but you have bad glasses on or you don't have glasses when you need them, then you're going to get a fuzzy vision. But if you have both, then it's kind of... Uh, you have the belief and it, you kind of just, I feel, will act out more according with reality mm-hmm. or more according with kingdom principles. Right. Yeah, I think that's kind of at the heart of that idea, too, of what the temptation was and the idea of value or significance or, or worth. Because 
what we see in the story and the temptation is having the both the reality of what's needing to happen and the kingdom mentality in clear focus yeah right so that jesus knows what is happening but he knows he's seeing it clearly right I, I, and i almost think that you could say that the kingdom mentality and reality are the same in fact if you're not seeing it in the kingdom perspective you're probably not looking at things really you yeah. know and, and that's the problem because we try to find now significance in something that is blurry something that is crumbling something that is a facade you know where in, in this situation here and I, I think it it rolls over the idea of power the idea of strength is so much a part of how our world is run you know it's those who are you know have the money who make the rules it's the might makes right mentality and whoever is in control uh rewrites history and writes things to accommodate their way of seeing things and we see that happen time and time and time again um and in that world mentality value worth is put into can you be the one who dominates the story can you be the one who who gets the most likes can you be the one who has the loudest voice can you be the one who you know has the most money drives the nice car has the most influence you know all those things become how you find significance and when we look at jesus everything he did was so backwards right i mean he he did not promote himself he didn't even write a book you know the guy didn't have a podcast i mean what's going on he, he missed that opportunity right i mean he didn't do all the things that were being done to promote himself in fact they'd want to promote him he'd back away you know he'd say oh you know the gentiles they lord over you but that's not how it's going to be with you you know who's in charge the one who's relaxing at you know on the couch or the one who's serving them and everyone thinks it's the one who's relaxing who has the service script on them and he's really saying all these things that everyone is trying for they're not what's important and that's a hard thing to sell right that's that's a hard thing to sell in a world where that's all we're selling you know that that's what the commercials are trying to tell you you need this if you want to be happy if you want to you know live this i mean gosh you know you go through instagram and there's so many things i need you know to make hap me happy i need this soap you know i need these glasses i need these shirts you know these shirts are going to make me thinner i gotta have one of those shirts you know and all these things are there to try and get you to find your significance your value what you're worth to make a prominent presentation of who you are in a way that Jesus flips on his head and says, no, I don't work that way. And that's a hard thing for us to swallow and accept because it's so against the grain still, right? It's still against the grain and that we have a difficult time not giving in to all the pressure that we feel around us. Yeah. I think it can be difficult, um, especially there's that um, the scripture that talks about training up a child in a way and he will not depart from it, mm -hmm. where um, 
like I have a lot of privilege in my life and my privilege isn't in the form of gold bars or um, spinners on my mom's Cadillac or something <laughs> like that. My privilege is like I was allowed to ask questions when I was little. Mm. My mom did this thing where she refused to let us wear brands when we were growing up. Not because we couldn't afford it, just because that was the rule. Hmm. Um, and we we wore stuff because we liked it. Like, my brothers, they didn't care what brand it was. It just had to have dinosaurs on it. Um, and uh, to this day, I don't care about what brand it is. I care about will it work for what I need it to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's there's a lot of times where the the outside pressure, especially if you were raised in a place where that was important, um, in whatever space, like mm-hmm. uh, whatever distraction or whatever non-kingdom perspective was important, it can be very hard to um, to get over that. Where I was thinking of um, Jesus being tempted by the uh, devil, and I was talking about like changing the binoculars, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, Jesus is like walking through the desert with his like regular Walmart glasses, and then the devil the devil's like, "You want some product glasses?" and he's like. This is my prescription. <laughs> and he's like, you want the Google glasses? And he's like, this is my prescription. And if you if you take your cheap Walmart glasses off because they don't look good, and you put your Prada glasses on that are the wrong prescription, you might get in a car accident. You might mm. um, w- like walk into a pole or something like that. But you, I mean, you'll look good doing it. Um, yeah. But there's this this danger <laughs> that uh, you put on the armor of this world. And it doesn't serve you because the world often is not a accurate picture of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that is the the clear vision, right? Is seeing that how the world has been doing things and still does things is lacking. You know, with all the presentation of strength, it's weak. And mm-hmm. the weakness shows up in the lives of the people who are trying to be strong. You know, it shows up in how their lives really have less substance, even though they have more things. You know, they have less uh, value because their value is placed in the wrong place, you know. And, And that idea of, you know, the glasses, you know, well, these ones look good, yeah, but you can't see good out of them which is more important, right? To be able to see or to look good, you know? And some people, it's like, I still want to look good, you know? Um, It's like a play on words. It's like, well, the ones that help me see help me look good. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's something, yeah. Pin on your English. Um, (laughs) And I I love the story. I know, were you a Lord of the Rings fan? Oh, yeah. I'm actually... um reading the books now and I just started the third one because I've been such a long big fan the whole time and uh watched all the extended versions of the movies played almost every video game uh-huh. and I read the Silmarillion I read through the Hobbit and I'm on the Return of the King now right like right now yeah because I love that you know image of Frodo in the Lord of the Rings I just think it's such a beautiful picture um in fact the Return of the Kings my favorite scene is when um they're all there and he's crowned king and he comes before Frodo and Sam and all the guys, and they bow down to him. And he says, friend, you bow to no one. And then everyone bows to them, right? That's just such a powerful picture because here is 
the person who is like the least impressive, you know, I mean, they got the big hairy feet. They just don't have anything that seems like, oh man, this person is royal. This person is powerful, but this is the person who is needed to, you know, save the world. And again, that's such a, a beautiful picture, I think, of what we're seeing in Christ and what we're seeing in the idea of significance. You know, here is someone who has value, who is worthy, but it's not who you would expect. It's the person who seemed weak, but it's the person who had that weakness, who had the ability to see more clearly. Temptation, right? Which is to take power and control and do all these things. That, that is a, a big theme in the New Testament. I mean, it really isn't throughout all of Scripture. I mean, we, there's so many times where you see there was a temptation because David took the census, right? And why would God get so upset about that? You know, the whole idea is this idea of I'm powerful, I'm strong. There's always this pushback against when people are doing that. We see this God saying, it ain't about this, it ain't about this, but we keep pushing for it, pushing for it, pushing for it. And I think that's an important thing. You know, I'm not going to be king. I'm not going to be political, powerful, um, but there's still the temptation to try and put value in my life by raising my status in some way. I, I need to get to a different socioeconomical level. That way I can be important, right? I need to make over, you know, whatever that figure is, then I'll be important. And I forget, they did a study where I think it's a certain amount of money. It doesn't matter if you make any more, you're not going to be any or happier. You know, it's just like... Yeah. It, it doesn't matter after a point, but we always think, oh, if I make that, I'll be good. You know, oh, if I lose 20 pounds, I'll be good. You know, whatever it is, we keep wanting these things instead of accepting the reality of you're loved right now. And if you don't find the value in who you are, then you won't see things right and do things. Your belief won't take you in the right direction. It'll be skewed. It'll be blurry. It'll you know, be affected in that way. Yeah. Interesting fact about the Lord of the Rings. Because the books are like so much different than the movies. Mm -hmm. It's almost confusing. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, none of that stuff happened. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, now I got to read the books. Frodo starts his adventure on his 50th birthday. Oh. He looks like a teenager in the movie. Yeah. He's 50 years old. He's then um like that's that plays into the the story about a little bit about how he's able to make wise decisions and navigate through certain things hmm. and why Sam follows him around and listens to him. Um cuz Sam is like his way younger hmm. person. But um uh I, I was going to say that uh, we we're talking about significance. We brought up the word worthy and I think worthy is in the context of significance more the original word that's more the word i would expect coming from the bible mm -hmm. um, and then significance would be more of a contemporary word but it, i think it's this the same concept um, but i think sometimes speaking in the language of the people that are living right now rather than speaking in the language of the people that lived two thousand years ago can help a lot yeah um and I think one of, one of the words that in my mind is closely associated with this idea of significance that we're talking about right now, at least 
in today's language mm-hmm. is identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sam was saying a couple things like, if I could just lose this many pounds, I'd be good. If I could just make this much money, I'd be good. I don't think Sam is trying to say that losing weight is bad. Like, if you're in mm-hmm. severe pain and your doctor says, if you lost 20 pounds, you'd be in a lot less pain. Yeah. That's not what Sam's talking about. Um, yeah. Or if you are struggling to pay your bills and you're like, if I could just make this much money, I wouldn't be, like, struggling. That's not what Sam's talking about. Um, yeah. But this idea of I'm going to define who I am or define my importance, my purpose, my meaning in life by some external thing. Um, and it could be status, it could be money, it could be a relationship, it could be um, my kids. Like some people like to brag about what their kids are doing all the time yeah. um, or how shiny their wrist is or something like that, <laughs> um, which was always like really interesting to me. Like as a little kid, uh, I would watch like National Geographic and stuff. And I used to think that people with with lots of jewelry and stuff, because that was nobody in my family. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, why would you do that? Because like birds love that stuff, and they just come down and get you. That's what, <laughs> that's what I thought when I was little. Uh, <laughs> like crows love shiny things. Um, but uh, like thinking about in terms of who am I, and if you are defining yourself by something that isn't actually connected to you. Um, I think that goes back into what we're talking about of having a skewed picture of reality mm-hmm. where I am my job. The job is not you because if you quit the job or you got fired, you would still be you and the job would not be connected to you. Yeah. Um, what What is you? What is the part that, that, that stays when all the other things go? And I'm not, I'm not saying you should quit everything and stop doing all these things and sell all your watches and stuff like that. But to, to be mindful about how we build who we are based on the things around us or the things inside of us. Yeah, I, I think that's an important, you know, what you said is so important that you at least understand that it's the whole idea of discerning, right, is to see if it's, good you know in the right perspective and the right focus or not right like the you know losing weight yeah it, it it's not bad um but it can be right if if it's not in the right focus if it's not playing that role um i think that's an important part of the whole idea of discerning and leaning into this and with it i think there has to be a humility mm-hmm. right uh, because I, I can't learn if I think I know some everything. I won't learn anything new if I think I already know everything there is to know. And how am I going to learn how to navigate or see things more clearly in this idea of who I really am and what it is that really makes me what I am if I'm not humble and able to discern when I'm wrong, when I'm leaning the wrong direction when I'm focusing on the wrong things. Um, I think that's a huge part of this identity that you're talking about is to have a good identity. There has to be humility to see where you're at and then understand where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And to be able to see, well, maybe I want to be 
something that I really shouldn't. I have the humility to say, yeah, that's where I'm at. And so I need to turn and change and focus here differently. Um, but if I don't have humility, if I have that character that's rigid and um, prideful, then I'm going to be blind to the changes that need to be made. Or I won't see that I am putting focus in the wrong places, you know, or pursuing the wrong things, or maybe pursuing the right things for the wrong reason, you know. Uh, like in this story with Jesus. Oh, the kingdoms, yeah, that's my goal. That's what I'm going to do. I'll just get there this way. Um, it, it takes humans as I was going through this, and I still am wrestling with it to some degree, is I don't know the best way to find significance or identity. You know, how do I find my identity? I mean, I, I just don't like the cliche, well, just, you know, whatever, Jesus loves you, then you're good. Um, I understand that, but how do I live that out? Uh, and sometimes that's a difficult thing for me. How do I know if my glasses got something on them? How do I know if I've been, you know, steered the wrong way or just have the wrong, I don't have a kingdom view? Um, and, and that was one of the struggles just as I was thinking about this. The only thing, and not the only thing, but one of the things that I've had to do, something you mentioned at the very beginning, is I have to kind of be quiet, you know, and listen before I just talk. Um, turning off the radio and not listening to podcasts, um, having time where I allow my brain to kind of settle. And then I start to see where things lie. Sometimes for me is one of the clear ways that I can find where I'm at in those things. Um, I don't know. That's just for me. I don't know if there's things that you've done that have been helpful to you in finding, you know, where you're at or if you're skewed in some ways. Okay. I think, like, even just admitting that is is good and it's difficult hmm. um and then admitting it like live on the internet <laughs> is, a, is a whole nother thing so kudos to you um uh, all the things i've admitted <laughs> <laughs> there's a movie that i really really like uh called the dark crystal mm-hmm yeah. yeah if you're into vhs's that vhs <laughs> was purple uh, that's when i was a little kid that's how I knew. I didn't, like, on the, the wall of VH, the purple one. Um, it's kind of a creepy Muppets movie. Mm -hmm. um, but there was this uh, crystal that cracked, and the shard came out, and all this bad stuff happened because the crystal cracked, and then it's this adventure to, like, repair the crystal um, before this thing called the Great Conjunction. Um, and they're looking for the crystal, and there's this box of, like, glass shards, and only one of them's the crystal. Kind of like... Uh, there's all these cups, and only one of them is the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is it? And they don't know how to find it. And uh, the main character, Gin or Jin, forget. Um, he pulls out his like pan flute, and he's like playing different notes. And then he hits this one note, and then the right shard like glows. And I think it sounds really cliche, and I know it doesn't seem helpful when you haven't done it. 
Um, but there, I feel, usually is a guiding intuition that you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. There's there's some type of harmony between your thoughts and your actions mm-hmm. that that line up when you're moving more in a way that's good or that's in purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to explain if you haven't gone through it. Um, and it sounds fake. Like when people say like, when you're mm-hmm. really in love, you'll just know. Like mm-hmm. that sounds so fake when that's never happened to you. Yeah. But then it happens to you and you're like, hmm. Mm-hmm. This is different. Yeah. Um, I think the problem is sometimes we can fool ourselves, right? If we don't want to see it, it we'll just play the note and say, oh, that one's going. You know, we'll, we'll make it up in our mind that the, everything's okay because whatever reason. Again, usually it's pride. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think that our lives kind of harmonize with the kingdom when we're doing things the right way and there's uh, joy. You know, there's things that happen within us that is a satisfaction, um, even though things might not be going the right way. I know, Jason, you shared with us how, you know, you're happier now than you've been, even though all the stuff's happened to you, Uh, you know, that would be thing. Oh, those are terrible things. Yeah, but I'm happier now. Things are, you know, you're more in a place where you're healthy and you're seeing things in a better way than you were when you were had all the other things that people were telling you didn't have make you happy. Um, th- the thing is when you're in those places where you're trying to make it happen, sometimes you can force it. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I, I liked what you were saying about sometimes it's good to turn the, the music off and mm-hmm. sometimes it's good to just sit. Um, and the way I think about that is like, um, the, the more important an idea is or the more impactful a lesson, the the more like difficult it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like food, where if um, the food is fast food, it's easy to digest, it's easy to get, it's probably not that good for you. But if it takes um, time to grow the ingredients, um, it takes time to do the prep, it takes time to cook, and you have to do it right, it takes skill, and then you get the final product and it's good, that's the meal that I want to eat. But if I rush it, like, like I remember when I was little and I was trying to learn how to bake and it'd be like, oh, you know, bake for like an hour and a half at 350. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, what if I baked for 20 minutes at 500? <laughs> like, I remember doing that a bunch of times as a little kid. Like, I just haven't found the right combination to cheat the time. <laughs> um, burning all, like wasting all this money and like the whole house smelled terrible. But I'm learning that you can't, if, if you, if what you really want is the souffle or if you really want the roast beef and all that kind of stuff. It takes time to prepare. It takes time to marinate. Yeah. And um, the the idea that I have with what you were talking about is soup, where I can I can gather up all these ingredients. I can prepare. I can chop I, all these ingredients. I can put them in the pot and I can turn the fire on. But it's like then I need to wait. I need to sit mm-hmm. and I need to let things happen. And sometimes we're not willing to do that. We're trying to eat the soup as soon as we put everything in the pot. Yeah, and it can take some patience. Yeah, and I think, especially when it comes to seeing our identity, our value, our significance, um, it's something that we have to live into, right? It's something that happens throughout our lives. There's a constant, uh, you know, recalibrating. There's a constant readjusting, seeing, checking, you know, because I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago, but my significance hasn't changed. I've changed. 
changed. But those things that are most important are still there. They're, they're just developing, growing, and you can't rush them, right? You can't just, mm -hmm. okay, now there, I'm better. I'm a new person. It's like, no, I had to go through the heartache. I had to go through the losing the jaws. I had to go through these things. And those all are developing the character so that I can continue to grow in a way that is, you know, like the soup, like the souffle, like those things. It has to simmer. It has to take time so that I can see that even here, even through this, there is, this is what is valuable, right? This is what's been through the fire and has come out, you know, shining like gold. Like, you know, it's gotten rid of all the dross. It's, it's made it because this is what was real throughout my life, you know, in those times. Um, and, and that's hard because, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want it now, right? I, I just want, I want to be good now. I want to, I want to see those things. And so that can be our shortcut, you know, okay, I know how I can be significant, you know, I can get that job, you know, I know how I can you know, feel like I have an identity. I can, you know, date that girl, you know, I can get that car. All these things we try to shortcut to give ourselves this identity instead of living our lives and letting it simmer and letting it learn and letting it grow. Um, and, and those are the things. And oh gosh, there's so many movies that talk about these things, right? I mean, we, we know it, we see it, we, we name it, but it's amazing how we still get tempted, you know, by those things. At least I do, you know. Yeah. It's funny, you we were talking about uh, kind of having patience with yourself, which is super important. Like, one of my favorite foods, which is kind of an odd food, is the potatoes that come out of the crock pot next to a ro roast beef. <laughs> I don't really like the beef that's in there, but the potatoes, oh my gosh, they're so good. But there's only one way to get those potatoes. <laughs> and that's to go through this whole crock pot process. Yeah. You can't fry them and get that. You can't eat. Sometimes we want something. And in this case, we're talking about significance. And that even that can mean different things for each person. But we want something. And we try to figure out all these other ways to get it. Um, but sometimes there's a way. And it may be different for everybody. But um, trying to avoid the way uh, that's kind of like the Jonah and the whale story. Um, it can cause you a lot more difficulty than doing it the right way the first time. There was a guy that I used to work with, and I work in aerospace, so um, people are very particular about doing exactly the right thing, sometimes to within a thousandth of an inch. Uh, like, that's even measurable. Um, <laughs> and he used to always say, there's always enough time to do it right the second time. Where... I think when you're when you're trying to figure it out and you you don't know what you're doing, which I think is everybody during their life, yeah. um, there's this temptation to cut corners and to just get it done so we can like live in paradise. Um, but I think a lot of times we get caught up by um, cutting so many corners that we cut up the piece of paper, and uh, then we have to start over. And I think some people do this over and over and over and don't learn the lesson. Mm -hmm. But we we I feel like. Most people cut corners until they realize that, like, this is losing paper and I'm not going to be able to draw a good picture on it because the paper's smaller or it's ripped up or whatever. 
and we at some point sometimes start over but now we're more careful now we're ready to chop the the vegetables the right way and now we're ready to put them in and turn it on and like wait and stuff and i i wanted to to ask uh ask you sam because i was i was thinking about the discernment thing that that's coming here where i think a lot of the talk we've been having tonight had words like um right and wrong and good and bad Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes uh for someone that feels like they're kind of on the more beginner side of their journey Mm -hmm. that can be overwhelming to where you think you have to do something good and if you do something wrong it's bad or if you you have to be right you'd be wrong like there's different ways to look at these concepts and it's not saying like I'm wrong, I'm bad, I'm insignificant, I'm not worthy. It's saying, that thing I did was not so good. That yeah. time I stuck that cake in the oven at 500 degrees was not so good. It The cake is burnt. I'm not a bad person at all, but the cake is burnt. Yeah. And I need to start over if I want to have a cake. And I, was, I wanted to um, ask you about... Uh, kind of the what what I would call like the in between between uh good and bad or right and wrong or or yes and no which mm-hmm. is like being able to sit with I don't know or I'm mm-hmm. not sure and I think that's that's a very important part of simmering or letting it be in the yeah. crock pot so, yeah. <laughs> no I I think that is an important part and, and it's I'm glad you like brought that up because there it there isn't isn't that black and white, right? It isn't always, oh, this is right, this is wrong. Um, and what's right right now might be wrong later on. Uh, and, and so when I talk in that kind of general terms, um, it would be from a bigger picture, you know, looking at trajectory. Okay, this is going in the right direction. Um, even though there's going to be you know, stops that are wrong. There's going to be mistakes that are made. Um, there are going to be things that are done that aren't, you know, good, quote, um, but you can still be heading in that good direction. Um, and, and the same thing is true, you know, the trajectory when your life is going in a place that's destructive, it's hurting you, um, you can do good things. I know some people who have been drug addicts, who have been generous, good people, right? Even though their life is heading in a a general direction that might be harmful to them, destructive, what I consider not good, they still can do good things, right? And and sometimes those good things are pivoting points where, okay, now I can change the trajectory because here's a part of what I'm doing that actually is in line with the way my life should be going or direction my life should be going. Um, and, and so I, I think I'm using it in a real general term, but a lot of these things can, you know, at least even the illustrations that I, I shared, you know, when you're always wanting to get the word in, or you're always wanting to, um, you know, one up somebody, um, sometimes those things could be good. Right. Sometimes it's good because you have a good story that can actually contribute to the conversation in a healthy way. And it's good to throw that input in there. So it's not like a bad thing all the time. Um, that's why the discerning is there. It is having to simmer and think about it. It is 
wondering where is this coming from? Why am I needing to say this? Why am I needing to do this? Why am I wanting this? Is it coming from a healthy place or is it coming from an unhealthy place? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so it could be the thing in itself, it's neither good nor bad, right? That car is just a car, you know, that shirt, whether it's got the, you know, brand on it or not, it's just a shirt. Is it good or bad? Well, it depends. Where is it coming from, you know, with you? And so, if it's, oh, no, I'm going to use this because I'm going to really impress my friends because I think now this is going to inflate my identity. It might be a bad thing. You know, it might be an unhealthy thing. Um, again, the words, we can use so many different words. But, um, yeah, I, I don't want good and bad to be seen as heaven-hell kind of things, you know. It's like, oh, this is good. You're going to heaven. This is bad. You're going to hell, you know. Life isn't that cut and dry, clear. At least my life hasn't been, you know. I know some people out there act like it is. I have my doubts, but um, yeah. I don't know. Did that answer the question? Or I think so. I think not necessarily. I, I did say it was a question, but I think a lot of times when I say question, I'm trying to just invite people to see what they think. Mm-hmm. And I have this whole thing in my head about like... Uh, if I asked you a question, I'm asking you to do me a favor of telling me, telling me what you think. Mm-hmm. And now it's my responsibility to just accept whatever you have to say. <laughs> Not like accept it like, oh, that's the truth. I'm going to live by that. But listen to you. Yeah. And no, that, I think that's that's along the lines of what I was I was trying to inspire. So thank you. Yeah. And it made me think like um, in terms of like letting something simmer or, or being uh, patient throughout the storm um, or trying to live with uncertainty. I think um, that kind of like my my mind like takes an analogy and just goes way too far with it, but uh, you could think about it in that in different ways where like letting something simmer is like in the moment having patience in the storm, or um, hmm. holding your tongue in the conversation and listening. Yeah. But then you could take that same idea and do it before, and I'll call that marinating, where hmm. you pray on it before you do it. You sit and you think about your actions before you go and clap back at the person who uh, did something to you yesterday and you know there's an opportunity for you to do something tomorrow and you're like, take a second and marinate on it or sleep on it. And then after, like, let's say it crashed and burned and it went bad and you stuck that cake in the oven you put it up to 500 degrees and it's a black mess in there. Like, if you want to clean that pan, sometimes you got to put stuff in that pan and let it sit. And sometimes, like... I love to talk, if you know me, and sometimes I talk too much and overshadow people or give them ideas that are not good for them. Not like I'm trying to like uh, say stuff that's not good for people, but sometimes um, people are not in a certain place to accept a certain idea mm-hmm. or they don't have a prerequisite or something like that. And afterwards, I, in my mind, I, 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 I kind of debrief and I think about it and I'm like, was that right? Was that good? Did I say something I shouldn't have said? Did I talk too much? Did I listen? And sometimes, well, most of the time, the answer is like, this was bad. You shouldn't have done this. Why did you say that? Mm-hmm. And, and like by doing that debriefing, like I've, I've uh, come to this understanding where um, there can be a certain momentum in a conversation for me where I feel the need to contribute. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can feel that need. 
Um, it's it's uh, it's like how you can feel the air conditioning gets turned on, and you can feel it coming and getting colder. Like I can feel this need of like I'm gonna have to say something, or like these people are talking something I don't believe. And if I sit here, it's like me validating it, but I don't believe that. I need to say something. And I can feel that happening. And by me debriefing and cleaning the pans after I've done the wrong thing by like jumping in there saying I don't believe that, do this. Yeah. Yeah. Then like over time, I'm like, oh, so I sh- I. I'm noticing more. I can think of ways to help me, like, deal with that and not necessarily, like, me just biting my tongue and controlling myself, but really where is that coming from yeah. and why do I want to do that and, and is it in certain specific situations and stuff like that. So, you, like, the marinating, I think, is important. The simmering is important. And then also, like, clean your dishes after you cook. <laughs> yeah. No, that that inquisitive spirit is so important. That That's the whole discerning, right? I mean, that's... It's like they that it's I shared with the cohort that I'm in, you know, I I always want to say something. I feel like I always have something to contribute. I always got a question and I was like, oh, this would be great. Oh, I want to say this. And I find myself saying, you know what? You don't have to say everything that comes to your mind. You know, it's okay to listen and just pausing and stopping and letting other people speak has been wonderful. It's helped me learn so much about myself and from others that has been good for me to learn. And it's happened by me not jumping in. And and what's happened is I like, why do I always have to jump in? And part of it's, you know, just my upbringing, what I was thought. Well, you know, if you have the right information, you got to give it. And you're a pastor. So, you know, you should have that voice. And it's like, it's just not how I, I see Jesus. You know, I don't see him having to have the last word. I, I see him silent before, you know, Herod and before Pilate. You know, don't you know I have the power to give you life and death? He goes, no, it's not yours to give. You know, he didn't have to justify himself. He didn't have to get the last word in. And there's something powerful in that, um, being able to sit there and kind of discern, what's going on here? Why do I feel like I need to speak? Why shouldn't I just let this conversation go and listen to it and enjoy it? You know, and it's been real good for me um, just trying to do that in, in life. I mean, to be honest, the way I do the, the most injustice is with my wife and interrupting her. Where she's talking and I finish what she's going to say. Right? Which is just awful. Don't ever do that. And... Um, and I know it frustrates the heck out of her, and I think I'm better, but yeah, it's just like, no, I know what you're going to say, so I'm going to, here, I'll go. And I just stop her from expression, right? And I just shut her down because, oh, here, I know what you're going to say. And, it, and it's like, why do I have to do that? What's going on where I feel like I need to finish that and end that conversation? And it's really... Um, one of those things where I've had to stop and look and discern and say, what's going on here? Because it doesn't feel right. right. It doesn't feel good. All those words. It doesn't feel like it's the right trajectory for a healthy, you know, person to go in. And so those are the kinds of things that are a little cringe, cringe worthy for me, you know, <laughs> and I just feel like, mm, don't like that about myself. Um, so if I've done that to you guys, whoever you are out there, I apologize for my needing to get that last word in. Um, Jason, any 
things from Sunday that you want to chime in about? Um, oh, I just think about Lord of the Rings. So, the other night at work, the 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 sun was red, the sky was red, and I tell my coworker, I go, blood has been spilled this day. <laughs> <laughs> Second breakfast. Yeah, that's my favorite quote. I don't think he knows about second breakfast. <laughs> Jordan, any other thoughts you have on this? I mean, we're coming up over at an hour, but uh, I mean, I feel like we can go forever. Um, mm-hmm. I I think that this has been a good conversation, so I appreciate you for inviting me and and allowing us to have this conversation. Uh, and it's it's interesting because um, every time Sam asks me to have one of these conversations, I have to listen to the service again <laughs> uh, and like sit and really think about it because uh, I'm I have this nervous thing about me. Like I go into the board re- meeting and then the boss asks me, "Oh, what about this job?" And I have no idea what he's talking about. So I was like, I have to I have to like really listen. And um, there, I think it's it's nice sometimes to have that little push to do that, mm. to dig a little deeper, and then have the debriefing episode after, because this is this is cleaning the dishes. I think yeah. we we had the the talk on Sunday, and now we get to talk about it, and it really helps you kind of like participate with it and live with it, yeah. and 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 have it. So I appreciate that, um, and I just I I I would like hmm, like as a last thought, I really think that it's easy to listen to a conversation like this and get out of it. These are things I do wrong. I need to mm-hmm. get better. I'm not good enough, yeah. which is the opposite of what we're trying to, to exactly. give. And so uh, I, I would stress that if you're feeling like that or feeling convicted, I think sometimes um, believers can have this idea that like the goal is to feel convicted, like, oh, I'm doing a good job because I feel convicted. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but like, uh, it's not always about I'm wrong, I need to get better. I think it's about realizing where I'm at and, and looking at where I'm going, which is two different ways of looking at the same thing. Yeah. So uh, don't beat yourself up. Yeah, and, and to in, in that vein, because that was kind of the whole, I guess, summation of what I was trying to say is you are loved right now where you are and who you are. <laughs> there you go. And... That's the healthy place to start from, right? That's where you get your identity, is in the fact that you are in the image of God, you are loved, whoever you are, wherever you are, it does not matter, right? All the other things, you know, the economic classes, the uh, ethnicity, the uh, intelligence, none of those things change your identity in the eyes of God that you are loved. And if you can start from there, all the ups, all the downs, all the left, right turns, all the recalibrations, just part of your life, but they don't change your identity in the eyes of God. You are loved. And that was displayed through Christ, and we need to receive that. So, ta-da. That's it. Cool. All right, man. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks, Jason. Thank you guys for watching. Those who watch later, remember, 
uh, Friday, June 11th, 7 p.m. on Zoom. We'll have that on our social media. The link. Hope to see you guys then and to see you again Sunday. Take care. God bless, guys. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.